the only thing that matters to me is taking care of my kids you know and this is this is impeding that so i can't do it anymore i know that like if i had continued going down that road i would not be alive anymore you know like i just i wouldn't hello my fellow martians my name is harry mars and this is the on mars pod where we take a deep dive into creative professionals entrepreneurs and other inspiring martians alike it's really difficult to learn how to give up some of those responsibilities. In that moment, you know, I just, I realized I was not as far away from that being a reality. You know, if you don't want to have a day job, go, go make money. Okay. Let's see. It's just just tough. Um, I just, um, Hello, my fellow Martians. Today on Mars, we are joined by a professional video director, photographer, and a super dad, Jacob Reynolds. Everybody, welcome, Jacob Reynolds. Hey, man. I am so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, of course, man. So uh, on Mars, we take a deep dive into creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and other inspiring Martians alike. So I'm stoked to have you on here because you've been running your own business for 10 years or so or <laughs> something <laughs> like years. that. 10 years, yeah. It's been a long, long time. Uh, so a lot of ups and downs like everyone. But um, if anyone doesn't know, uh, Jacob and I actually met when he was shooting the very first video for This Modern. Yeah. Uh, it was called Runaway. I just rewatched it the other day. Yeah, I was watching it as I was doing notes and it's so good. And it's like one of those things like that song like brings back so many Dude. memories. <laughs> that, was, just... that was stressful too. That shoot was... That was late. Yeah, it was yeah. late. And I remember you were shooting on like a rented red. Yeah. And like there was like a file transfer thing oh, where we had God. to like wait yeah. on it. Because it was like 2018 when the Red Raven was like the the most like consumer friendly budget red that they had out, you right. know, and that's when they still shot to those mini mag cards oh, that yeah. cost like a thousand dollars each for like 126 gigs or something like that. And they would just fill up like that. And there was something wrong with the card reader that my friend had loaned me with the camera and it wouldn't it wouldn't read the card. And so I had to take it back to my house where I had a reader at That's home it and it took an hour to dump footage. And I just I just remember being there till like four o'clock in the morning yeah. and just being like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, <laughs> no, because that was the first time we had ever because we would always shoot our own stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like we uh, we worked with um, uh, a couple directors for teammate Marcus stuff. Mm-hmm. But even that wasn't like red camera type of stuff. You know what I mean? It yeah. was it was kind of a little bit more scaled back. And I mean, yeah, we even shot a couple team markers on the A7S2. Yeah. So yeah. it was just like to to do that level up was a big deal, I remember. But I didn't I didn't realize that that was a Timo decision. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so you've worked with uh shoot. So many of our friends, uh, you, you worked with Sunday at noon when they were babies. I know. Dude, even, even before that, before they were Sunday at noon. Really? Yeah. Like when they were still called like Jack and the Rippers. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, like my God. I, the, the first time I, the first time <laughs> I worked with, this is a funny story because not a lot of people know this. I'm going to, tr- I'll try to make it quick. No, do it. Um, I started working with Jack and Nate when Jack was 17 and Nate was 15. Wow. Um, they practiced. They he just found me on Facebook through some music thread, you know, 
and they wanted to do like a couple of live videos in like the practice space at ser in chandler okay and so i went and i was just like and like i did like some band promos for them and i just remember being like god these kids are so young but they just like they rip like these kids just get it you know and these two these two brothers i was like they have like this chemistry and like this 15 year old kid is just back there like playing the drums with so much fucking like of all of himself you know and I remember uh, they had been playing a lot more like coffee shops and bars and stuff like, or not bars because they were kids, uh, coffee <laughs> coffee shops and like restaurant type atmospheres. Right. And I remember I told Bobby to put them on a show. Hendrix? Yeah. Oh, I, wow. I texted him. I was just like, dude, you need to put these guys on a show. And he put them on a show at Pub Rock. And then he really liked the way they sounded. And they started being able to, they started playing a lot more. And then Bobby started, yeah, just doing everything. Wow. And then they changed their name and everything. So I just like those kids are so incredible. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, so yeah, I worked with them when they were like baby, baby, babies. You Dude, know? that's like, crazy. I mean, uh, wait, so they, you got them booked as Jack and the Rippers? They, or did they change it to Sunday at noon? It, like? it was still before it was Sunday at noon, but I think it may have still been Jack and Jack and the Rippers. That's so funny. Cause he talked about that story when he came on here mm-hmm. and, uh, I didn't know you knew them at that yeah, time. They were, Dang, they were kids, dude. Like, fuck. Wait, so uh, Amy, Amy was in the picture at that point, right? Was I, she? I like, don't. Rem- I'm trying to because I don't remember when I first met Amy. I okay. don't. I must have met Amy for the first time around like 2016. So okay. if she wasn't in that in the picture like immediately at that time, it she came in after. very very shortly afterwards. Okay. Yeah, because I uh, what she was talking about, she was working with them for so long, like. She went to his graduation type shit, you know. Yeah. So like, it was like so a probably crazy. around Dude, that I same took time. his graduation picture. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like senior photos, yes. no twice, way. two different times. Dude, we're gonna have to put it up right here. I know. We'll find him. <laughs> find him on his Instagram. Actually, we'll do the the first ones. Yeah, because the the first time we did him was before Jack lost all the weight that he lost, and so we redid him a second time. So if we could find the first ones. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like a different dude. He's, you know, just 17 years old, short hair, just oh, does, yeah. doesn't look like Jack at all. Right. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, man. It's so funny. Like, there's so many phases of, mm-hmm. of, of right. his style and to the artist that he is today. That's, yeah. damn, I didn't realize it went back so far. Um, yeah. And then you've also worked with Ethan Beasley mm-hmm. a lot, yeah. you know, with, uh, in your professional world and, yeah, photo Ethan. and video. Yeah, we started, Ethan and I started doing weddings together. Like the first wedding that he and I both shot was one that we did together. Wait, so that was the first time he shot a wedding mm-hmm. and the first time you shot a wedding? Yeah. Wow. And then we both, because we, we both worked on weddings together for a very, very long time. And right. then he just, he dove much further into it and made like a, a really, really substantial career out of it. And I kind of started pivoting a little bit more towards other things at certain points but yeah we, we started it together like we booked awesome. we booked a, a wedding in Sedona with one of my mom's work friends daughters and booked it for a video okay and so Ethan was actually there helping me do video Yo, and he brought a camera and we just you know he that was the first that was the first wedding we ever shot even though he helped me it was doing video like right. the first wedding that we ever did was together and then we just started doing them together after that damn that's sick I, that was a long long time ago bro 2014 damn 10 years yeah, yeah <laughs> 10 years wait so were you doing the edits or was were you guys kind of uh collabing on that too or was it m- mainly like you guys both shoot everything and then he does the edits or how, how was it working um when we first started uh because when I would second shoot for him, I was it was mostly photo. I did a lot more photo 
when I first started out than I do now. And I think I think starting out, I think I always edited everything of, of my Video. own. And if we were doing photos together, at least I would still edit my own stuff and then send them to him. And okay. if we were doing video stuff, yeah, Ethan, Ethan will pretend like he knows how to edit video, but <laughs> he's going to give me so much shit for that. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, Ethan, Ethan's fucking phenomenal. Ethan's yeah. a very, very talented person. And I would never actually talk shit on his <laughs> no, creative ability. He can do a sure. lot of really phenomenal stuff. Hell yeah. No, he was talking <laughs> about on the on the pod how we recently got into doing like a director of photography work. Mm-hmm. And that's that's crazy like yeah. to see him like you know deep in deep dive into that into something oh, like yeah. almost uncomfortable for him where mm-hmm. it's like he's like already like in photography he's like reached that pinnacle it's like well yeah. what else can i do i know <laughs> it made it made sense yeah <clears throat> i thought i thought it made sense he's always had such a good sense of like lighting like lighting yeah. an entire scene like for ethan sure. is a person who very who thinks a lot in depth of like when he's taking his bridal portraits even you know just like where the lights are in the background and what is you know so just him him doing director of photography work like makes sense yeah. because of how meticulous he thinks about those things totally just right in line mm. um and then uh right before i did the intro i asked if you worked with chase warren and you said i've worked with him on a few times yeah. and there's a funny <clears throat> story on how you met him so what's that story man it was just kind of like just like a silly circumstance, you know, and because he he had already been here for a little bit, like he had maybe been in Arizona for a, a year, a little bit less at okay. that time. And I had never met him before, but I had seen a lot of the work that he was doing. Yeah. And like and at first, the, the first thing I thought, the first thing I thought when I saw his first video when he first moved to Arizona is I was just like, I was just uh, instantly I was just like, fuck. I was, like, I'm, I was like, I'm in trouble. Like, this, yeah, this yeah. kid. Because <laughs> yeah. he was so young at the time, too. Yeah. You know, I was just like, this kid is really fucking good. And like. I'm, I might be in trouble. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, let um, me go work with it. <laughs> but so we were, uh, he was shooting a video um, for that. What's uh, her artist name is Sar- Sorry X. Sorry X. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was shooting a video at Painted Tiger for her during the day. And I had, I had never met him before. I had no idea he was going to be there. And um, her, uh, the per- uh, Frank Zumo from Sum 41 was like, playing drums in the video i think oh, like shit. he was he was like he was involved in the video somehow or he was like he had done something with the song or something like that so i i went into painted tiger at like 10 p.m because i was shooting music video through for another artist from like 10 p.m until like six o'clock in the morning with <laughs> my buddy curtis who's a music producer here and that works with a lot of pop artists and so we get there and like Frank, Frank had just left apparently, but Frank Zumo is also one of my friend Curtis's studio drummers. Damn. So like Frank was there to work with Chase and her, but like my friend also needed to talk to him about like studio drum stuff, you know, but he ended up have already left. And I'm just like, they were all like, like kind of connected. And then we walked in and I like, I recognized Chase's hair, obviously. Yeah. And, um, I had never met him before and I he was just like, Oh, I'm Chase. And I was just like, Oh, I'm Jacob. He's just like, Oh, Jacob Reynolds. And I was just like, Oh shit. Like he oh, that's like I was kinda like, Oh, like, you, <laughs> like, know? you you know me. You know? <laughs> but then uh, like we instantly like just like followed each other and Hell like yeah. started like talking here and there. And then he started working with Nick a whole lot. He and yep. Nick started doing a lot of stuff together. And then like, yeah, I've actually Chase and I have gotten to work on like a couple different sets together, like one that I was directing um last year he came and helped out with and like helped A D and I have helped him out on one of his sets that he was working on before. So yeah, Chase is, Chase is great. 
Fuck yeah. Chase dude. is fucking killer. Yeah, man. No, there's, we're just surrounded by so many talented people, it's, man. It's insane. I love it. Dude. It's Arizona's insane. the best. Right. <laughs> hey, Martians, real quick. I appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch wherever you are in the world. Over the last few months, the Martian family has grown so much. I could not be more thankful for all of my guests and every single one of you who continue to tune in every single week. Subscribers, ratings, likes, and comments all help us grow here on Mars. And it would mean the world. If you haven't already, please go to onmarspod.com slash subscribe to subscribe on YouTube. Like and leave a comment. Rate us on Spotify. All this good stuff helps keep the engine running to inspire Martians all over the world. P.S. Follow us on Instagram at onmarspod. Okay, let's get back to it. So um, on these uh, episodes, I like to kind of get a little bit of a backstory on our guest. So um, did you grow up in Arizona? Um, I did not initially, but I've okay. been here since 2007. Okay. So where, where were you born? I was born in Dallas, Texas. Oh, you were born in Texas? Yeah. Okay. I lived there until I was 21. Okay. And then, yeah, in 2007, moved out here. Moved back in 2010 for like five months, you know, <laughs> and then I moved back again, moved back out here again and been here ever since. So. Was it like a family thing? Um, that the reason why you moved back or was it kind of uh, like a money just, thing? I was just going through some like real weird personal shit at the time and like... Yeah. Probably, you know, I was like going through like a breakup or some, dumb, yeah. you know, I was like 24, just some dumb like early 20 shit. And I was yeah. just like, uh, I'm going to go back home, you know, move back to Dallas. And it was enjoyable, you know, but then I very quickly realized that like I had made a life for myself out here, you know, yeah, and it was absolutely. just like, I need to, I need to go back to Arizona and then just. Here I stayed. Hell yeah. Every, so, every summer, I wonder why. <laughs> you know? Like, wait, why am I here? So is your family still in Texas? Is that the reason why you were able to go back? Is that kind of the deal? We're we're kind of spread out. And I don't think, I'm trying to remember when I moved back. I think my oldest sister is the only one that was still there. Because my parents were still here at the time. But, and I think my <laughs> we've all kind of like gone back and forth a few times. Because yeah. at the time when I moved back, I think that, my oldest, my oldest sister has always lived in Dallas, so okay. she was still there. But I think my parents were still here in Arizona, and then my older and younger sister were both here in Arizona. I moved there, then I moved back, but then my parents moved back to Texas, <laughs> and then my older sister moved back to Texas, but then she moved back to Arizona. So we just kind of, we've all just kind of like bounced around a whole bunch and yeah. kind of ended up in one place or the other, and just kind of wherever. But now, now that I've got kids, you know, we're we're, we're here. Yeah, <laughs> this, for is, sure. this is where we are. Absolutely, man. The roots are set. Yes. Um, so in Texas, before you moved out, though, um, what was uh, what was that like? You know, in Texas, what were you into as a kid? You know, were you playing sports? Were you hanging outside? Were, were like skateboarding? What, what were you doing as a kid? When I was a kid, like, I mean, I, I tried to skateboard. I was always really, really bad at it. Like, I always hung out with, like, a lot of the skater kids, and I would, like, go to the skate park with them and stuff. But I just sucked real bad because i would like when i was in middle school like i was a skate like a fruit booter you know oh, <laughs> like so like, I had, buddy, like, yeah. so I had a bunch of my friends that like bladed and stuff and i was i was never great at that but i could actually like get around and like yeah. you know hold my own a little bit so when i would try to like skate i was just terrible at it <laughs> yeah. um but i mean by the time i was a teenager you know like junior senior year in high school is when i started getting really into music and music, that's when yeah. like you know early 2000s because i was a you know i was i graduated high school in 2004 so like that like 2002 to 2004 like big like emo resurgence oh, yeah. you know like that For was sure. like my literal high school years you know so like that yeah. that whole thing kind of took over my life and 
that's that's when I started like playing or playing music. You know, I was <laughs> I don't know if you can really count like your first couple of years of play, like playing music as playing music, <laughs> but that's when I started playing music. Um, yeah. Okay. Other than that, like definitely never like I was never actually like into like filmmaking or anything like that when I was right. younger. I, I like in the capacity to like where I do it as to like how I do it now, you know, but like my friends and I used to like make home movies back when we were like in middle school and like early high school. Like that's how we would spend literally every single one of our weekends during the summer as we would just meet up and one of our friends had a, you know, shitty 90s camcorder (laughs) and he knew how to edit everything. Like he would edit from the tape deck, like to another tape and like he would add sound effects. Like he had sound somehow downloaded and like we're, I mean, we're still talking like the late nineties. You yeah, know, he yeah. found a way to download like uh, Rainbow Six like sound clips of gunshots and like <laughs> find a way to like play them from the computer at the same time as he was playing the tape and like edit them on there. Like it was it was really really cool shit. Dude. So we like we used to do a bunch of stuff like that when we were younger. And so like I don't know. I feel like it's it's definitely something that I've always like been interested in. You know, yeah. I just didn't do anything with it for a really long time. For sure, that's a crazy seed to be planted when you're so young mm-hmm. to then kind of have that translate into your love for photo and video later on in life. That's so awesome. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so then, in those early days when before you started playing music, what were you like listening to? What what kind of music influences were you listening to? Like in the house, what, what was being played? Um, before, well, before I started getting into a lot of those, like, like, said, like the early, stuff, like, yeah. yeah, the early 2000s emo bands, I listened to, I was, I was a big, like, new metal kid, you oh, know, really? like, we talk about, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, new metal, like, fucking Limp Biscuit, like, you know, yeah. when the, I remember when the, <laughs> when the Chocolate Starfish album came out, like, I got it for Christmas, I think, and, like, I don't remember if I, like, listened to it in the car with my parents one time, and, like, just, like, is this you know like because <laughs> yeah. that album is just gnarly Fuck you know yeah. but i loved just any anything that sounded like that that came out around that time period you know yeah. i just i thought it was all fucking phenomenal and like pod like i actually i went and saw pod a couple years ago and like got to stand on the side of the stage while they played the whole satellite album and i was just like if I was 16 years old right now, like I would be literally like crying, like crying tears, you know? But so that that's yeah. what I was really, really into in like early high school was a lot of like new metal stuff. And then I don't remember who the first like pop punk band that I heard was like someone showed me like a newfound glory song or something like that. And I was just like, what is this? Yeah. Like this sounds like like really energetic and like really sing-alongy or it's like and then like i heard like good charlotte for the first time like oh, yeah. can't even tell you how fucking obsessed i was with that first good charlotte album Dude. um and that that was like kind of like my intro into like pop punk i guess you know and so i started having friends that would recommend like any other bands that kind of sounded like that you know like newfound glory and so i start you know discover like other drive-through records bands through that and then through like a through listening to drive through records like started discovering like heavier music you know because they had a couple you know they had like finch on their label like and finch was like a heavier band for like that time period you know and then seeing like going to see them and finding heavier bands on those bills and 
making me start listening to like metal and metalcore and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I don't know. Well, it all started with new metal and then it just kind of went, <laughs> it was just like, you know, but it was kind of all in the same vein of like, like bands and yeah, like yeah. real instruments, guitars, bass, drums, you know, and I feel like a lot of those bands have like a lot of emphasis on the vocal, like the, mm-hmm. uh, really strong vocalists and oh, yeah. front man type energy. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that makes, that makes sense. Cause then when did you start playing guitar? What year? Or when was that? I was probably like 15 when I started playing. Okay. Yeah. So like, it's so like high school. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah like yeah. freshman year of high school. Yeah. Cause then you ended up, um, you started playing guitar, but then shortly after you started a band, was that after high school or was that still in high school or like joined the, a band? or The first, I mean, I guess like the first band I was in was in high school. Like, I don't, I don't even know if we ever, play, I think we may have played a show in like a backyard okay. one time at like a graduation party or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. It was probably all cover songs, you know, it was probably <laughs> okay. like all like messed songs and stuff like that, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> just... <laughs> shitty high school kid stuff you know i love it um but that yeah that's probably when i was like 17 or 18 and okay. then after that is when i started like really trying to push to like be in a band though because then from the time i was you know 19 until a, a few years ago really i was just kind of always in a band yeah but i really made that like my fucking life for a while or tried to so when you were 19 is that when you got in the icebergs no, so I I still lived in Texas at the time. Oh, I was shit. In, I was playing um in like a pop rock type band in Texas and it's and it's so crazy too because like the local scene in Dallas back in like that time period like 2005 to 2006 like I just I knew so many people and so many of them went on to be in fucking really big bands like really? Forever the Sickest Kids and like oh, they used to be in this band called The Flipside that we used to play shows with and like like Mike Zemer that runs fucking South by So What and like huge music festivals and like the shows that like we used to my old bands used to play like old shows that he used to put on back in those days and just like seeing where some of those people went like the like Oh Sleeper you know like the bands that they used to be in back in the scene back then, you know, like yeah. watching like Memphis Mayfire, like watching the band that they, you know, it's crazy. Um, so that's that. That's when I was still in Dallas. Was like nineteen or twenty, and then when I moved out here, the first the first like actual band I guess that I was in out here, I was in a band called the Ivy from like two thousand seven to two thousand ten, and um. Yeah, that was that was like so that that was kind of like my timeline, I guess. Like I've just yeah. I've been in way too many bands, honestly. <laughs> like I've been I've been in a few too many, but yeah. As I was doing research, I was like, damn, I didn't realize that you were part of all these bands because I remember you were in the scene. Like that's how we knew you from being in the scene. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but it was like it was always emphasis on the uh, video directing and kind yeah. of like the media side of the mm-hmm. industry. And uh, so when I was doing research, I started realizing you were on in all these bands. I was like, damn, I didn't realize I like, went that far. So because then how long were you in the icebergs then, which was like one of the first ones that I kind of saw uh, when I was when I was looking up stuff. Um, that was from like 2012 to like 2014, 2015, something okay. like that. Maybe Maybe a little bit before that, because they had like. It was a couple guys that I had already been in a band, like when I was in the, the Ivy. Ivy. It was a couple guys that I had been in that band with. Okay. And then they had started, um, they had started doing something called Icebergs, and they had had a different singer for a little while. They'd already released a couple songs and done a couple things. 
and then they were looking for um I can't remember if they were looking for a guitar player, if they were just looking for a singer. I think I may have gone to try out like just to be the singer. And then they were just like, well, we need a second guitar player too. Like, can you just play guitar? And I was like, fine. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess so, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was probably until like 2014, 2015. Okay. Um, and then they they kept it going for a little bit. Um, they got a couple other guys. Like when I, when I left, um, they got a couple other guys that, ended up coming in and taking over and they released a couple more songs and played a whole bunch of more shows as that lineup. But then a few of those guys, like the guitar player, the new guitar player, the new singer and the drummer all went and started um, those kind of people, which was the last band that I was in. Right. And so I went to go try out for them to play guitar for them, even though like the two people that had replaced me in the band with the drummer started this band. And then I was just like, well, I'll just, Try, try out and play guitar for them you know <laughs> yeah yeah so i like i try out and they're just like okay cool like you know keep jamming with us like it was right before my first kid was born so i was just like i don't know how much i can really like promise you know yeah and then um so i i ended up kept on practicing with them and then the singer ended up just not wanting to be involved with it anymore he just had a bunch of other stuff he wanted to do and so we started looking for another singer and they were just like jacob can you just sing and i was just like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Fine. The opposite side. Just, like, yeah, I guess. Like, the way, yeah. The way that it all kind of like worked out between like the shifting of those bands. And it's, it's cool. Cause we're all like, we're all still such good friends, you know, and like T cop, those kind of people. I mean, we haven't been a band for a, like an active band for a few years because yeah. we had a member that moved um, out of state for a while and he, he moved back, but just by the time he moved back, all of our lives had just kind of changed so substantially. And like my, like our drummer had had a second kid by then. And so his life got a whole lot busier and he drums in cover bands every single weekend. And so like his weekend schedules are crazy. You know, our, our bass player was, you know, married, had just moved into a new house not that long ago. And it was just, I had just become like a single dad, you know? Yeah. And so I'm just like a single dad trying to like raise two kids. And I was just like, our, our time, the time window just got a whole lot smaller, you know, yeah. and we played, we played a show last year. Like we played a show last March, like did a like reunion. a reunion show. Cause we yeah. had a bunch of friends bands that did reunion sets. And so we played one. It was a whole lot of fun, but again, I just don't know, if, you know, <laughs> how much time I like realistically have to <laughs> dedicate to like being reviving something, you know, being in a band, it would be awesome, but just, I'm, I'm too old and I've got too many kids. <laughs> <laughs> so that's those kind of people. Is that right? Uh, right? Yeah, that was yeah. the that those, was the last band that I yeah. was in. Because then there was um, another one that we didn't mention uh, that was probably in between the sleepover. Oh yeah, I don't ever talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just gonna glaze right yeah. over that. It was it, don't get me wrong. It was fun. I love everybody. Everybody that was in that. Like it was a little fun project while it lasted, and I would never like talk shit about it by any means. But it just like. I never felt really just really like super confident in anything yeah. that I wrote for it. Like I just, I always felt like I was just writing kind of like cheesier shit than I wanted to. And yeah. I love, I'm still friends with all of those yeah. people. You know, I still talk to at least one of them on like a fairly regular basis. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I still like, I'm just like, I don't worry, yeah. I don't worry about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I love it. So during your time in bands, you were also kind of dabbling with, photo and video while you were in the bands is mm -hmm. that right yeah so when did i guess you start taking that seriously was it always just kind of like a hobby thing that you just did it because you could do it or was it like while you were in the bands you were actually taking serious like taking it seriously trying to find clients 
trying to find bands to take photos for and like were you doing all of that in that time or was it kind of more like hobby-ish it kind of i'm trying to remember exactly how it started because it was like so i did i went i went to film school um from like 2007 to 2009 okay um uh, at the art institute of phoenix nice and but when i dropped out i dropped out because I just, I honest to God, just like, I, I'm not good at school. I don't like, I'm not going to like preach whether you should or should not go to college or the relevance of it in today's current world. You know, that's neither here nor there, but like, it just, I just am not good at school. Like I don't, my attention span is not fully there. And so when I left, like I just, I left kind of just not really wanting anything to do with it, right. you know? And like, I just, I kind of, just worked my regular jobs for a few years and just kind of had left the film school behind, you know, and kind of had left all of that behind me. And then in like 2013, when I was still in icebergs, I remember I was able to like get, um, I, I had like decided to like take out a loan or something like that because I was just like, you know what? <clears throat> I just, I, I kind of like hit a point where I wasn't really, really stoked on like whatever I was doing with my life, you know, like I was, uh-huh. I was like working at Walgreens at the time and just like working retail jobs. And I was just always broke. And I, it was like a year or maybe less than a year, like after I had gotten my DUI. So like, and this was a long time ago, you know, but I saw it like, I wasn't, you know, my license was still suspended. And I was just like, man, I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to fucking do something or change something, you know? And I was just like, all right, well, maybe if I take out this loan, I was just like, maybe I can actually buy myself a camera and I can learn how to do this thing that I went to school for that I'm still very interested in, but I've just like blown off for so long. Right. So I did, I took out a loan <clears throat> and I found some guy selling a Canon 7D on, on Craigslist for like 900 bucks. When I had one of my roommates drive me to go get it from him, had Ethan recommend me a couple of lenses. I was just like, Hey, if you had to choose like two lenses to start off with, like for Canon, like what would you get? And so I, you know, picked those two, ordered just a bunch of random accessories and stuff like that. And was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And Damn. so I, I just kind of started taking pictures at like my own band practices. Like yeah. I would go to Iceberg's practice and I would bring my camera to like practice and stuff. And I would, whenever I, we would play shows, I would always like try and take pictures of the other bands and stuff like that just to like get going. And yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember like who the first band that I did, I know the the first band promos that I ever did were for my, my friends were in a band called ghost mother. They were kind of like a screamo, like scramsy type band, um, that a bunch, like a bunch of my friends were in and they're just like, yeah, well, like, well, I think they paid me like $50. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. And we shot them in the, the, the big quilt room at SER, nice. <laughs> you know, and they were the first, the first band promos that I ever did. Like and first clients. Like my, yeah, my <laughs> first clients. And so I just kind of used that, and started kind of like trying to pitch it to other bands. And of course, like I had to do the same thing that everybody does when they're starting out and you just have to annoy the fucking shit out of every single person around you. And you have to post in every Facebook group and every chat and everything. And, you know, and so I was, yeah, I was, I was definitely like, kind of pursuing both, you know, cause I was still like, I was still like in icebergs at the time. And then when I left, I is when I kind of started just like, 
focusing more on this aspect of it than like playing music anymore. Cause that's when I, that is like actually probably when I started doing the sleepover a little bit is yeah. when, I, when I started leaning more into like the photo and video stuff, because I realized that like I was starting to have bands that liked what I was doing. They were yeah. I was starting to have people that liked the photos I was taking and were actually like recommending me to other bands and stuff like that. And I was just like, Oh, well there's obviously like something here. <laughs> Yeah. You know, if people are liking it and it's it's seeming to like starting to pick up a little bit. So I just kind of. Yeah. So that's kind of when, it, when it clicked, mm -hmm. when it was just like this could work. Yeah. And it's because you were so connected in the industry, too, I'm sure. So it's like you're friends with everyone already. Yeah. So it's not weird for them to ask you to do photos because mm -hmm. they knew you already. Yeah. That's it's like, oh, you're doing photos. Those look sick. Like, why don't you come to our yeah. <laughs> show? That was the that was the best like. The most positive part about like having been in the Phoenix music scene for so long, as like you said, I just, I already knew so many people, you know, yeah. it, it wasn't like a, you know, like, I don't want to say it wasn't hard to find clients because whenever you're starting out and don't have very much work to show for yourself, like it, it is difficult <laughs> to yeah, find people, you know, for sure. but I just, I knew so many people that were willing to give me a chance just because I had been friends with them for so long. I was just like, Hey, like, this is something I'm doing now. Or like, this is something I'm trying to do. Like, would you be willing to, you know? You'd be willing to give me a shot, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think with a lot of creative people, that core group of your first batch of clients or whatever, mm -hmm. however you call it in your industry, like well, like in different industries, those I feel like are the 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 main ones that get you get your sea legs, you know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's like allows you to kind of see what it feels like to have like a client type of uh, situation where you're the one in charge. You're kind of having to direct the situation, get paid for it, yeah. deliver like deliverables and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah, I I kind of relate it back to like um, when you're talking about. It, I'm thinking about like when I was starting this podcast. Like mm -hmm. all I could was ask people like on text like. Hey, like, do you want to help me like try to start this podcast? And everyone was like overwhelming, like, yeah, for sure, because they were my homies. Yeah. But it's just like if I were to just out the gate, like not know anyone and just tried to like pitch to random people when I have zero episodes out, like that would be so difficult and probably mm. so like make me so nervous and anxious that I <laughs> might not even continue. <laughs> like, yeah. But that core group was is super important. So it seemed like that was the the main thing that really propelled you into that career path. Oh really. yeah, most definitely. And those first few it's, oh. Um, it's, it's so funny to go back and think of like, cause I, I have like a pretty decent memory. And so like, I, I remember almost everybody that I've ever worked with, like at some point and stuff. And so like, I remember like my first three music videos that I shot, you know, and like sometimes if I need to like humble myself a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is where you were. I'll, go, Jacob. I'll <laughs> go back. I'll go back and watch them because they're still on YouTube. <laughs> Not yeah. on my channel, but like <laughs> on those old band channels. And like sometimes if like if I, if I need to fucking check myself on something, yeah. like I'll go back and watch an old video from like 2015 and yeah. I'll just be like, yeah, do you need to, you know, yeah. you usually make it about 30 seconds before I'm just like, all right, good, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Gotta turn it off. You know? It's like, <laughs> I have come a long way. <laughs> I tried, I, you know, I was doing my best back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure they were stoked on it. Oh yeah. For sure. It's still up. I mean, yeah. right. <laughs> they never deleted it. Dude, I think that's so funny Ooh. to like go back and listen to or look at old work like in any mm -hmm. creative like whoever you are like creative world like it's always it's cool and like you said it's kind of humbling because it's almost reminds you like you were at this level at one point but you were hungry you oh, were yeah. like, you were trying um, so that's kind of when you started taking it 
seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- at the time you were in the band, you were doing photo work and video work. At, were you working jobs as well, like day jobs and stuff like that to kind of keep the lights on? Or were you able to book enough clients to not have to do that? It transitioned a little bit more quickly than I was expecting, <laughs> actually. That's so awesome. I had, um, I had a day job for a while. Like when I first decided to like really start doing it more during like 2014-ish, you know, um, <clears throat> I was working a day job for a little bit and it was like a like an eBay sales place like it was a, a place that where they would like buy oh, like an ebay store like an even not co- <laughs> not quite like I, they, like they would buy big lots of things and then spread you know for certain amounts and you you know spread them out and you take the time to actually like find comb through everything and find things that are actually worth value and then resell them individually on ebay on ebay oh so you buy, buy them in big especially like with jewelry like you buy like a big lot of jewelry that someone is selling because they didn't have time to like go through it. They're just trying to get rid of stuff. And then you go through it and find pieces that are like individually more valuable and they resell them. So that's, I, I was working at a place that was, that it was, I mean, it was a very, very, I loved that job, honestly. Yeah. It was so much fun. Um, <clears throat> but I was working there for um, like a year or so. And then um, it, it was like right before, <laughs> right before my son was born too. And I was going to start to do like more photo and video stuff. And I was like, all right, like I'm still going to stay working here and I'll just start pushing to do more photo and video stuff. And I think at that point in time, like I wasn't doing any band stuff for a while. Like that was before I started doing those kind of people after doing anything else. And so I was just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to focus on like just doing this stuff for a while. I'm about to have a kid. Like I need to figure some stuff out. Yeah. And then like, a couple months before my son was born one day, like we walked in and the bosses were basically just like, Hey, we're sorry. We have to like shut the doors basically like this and this and this happened. And so it's just like, okay, well fuck, you know, time, <laughs> yeah. time to, time to readjust, I guess. And I remember yeah, I, yeah. I went home and was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to find a way to start doing more of this. Yeah. What a pivotal moment and, too, with your son almost like yeah. being here. And so I, you know, for the first little bit after my you know my son was born a couple months later so for the first couple months like that's that's all i did like i was more more or less like the stay-at-home parent that just did freelance work yeah so it was like starting out like right after you know when my son was basically a newborn i was just like okay well kind of gotta sink or swim a little bit yeah. you know and just really and really see and like and of course like i didn't you know, I didn't know how to appropriately charge back then. I didn't make a lot of money doing it, but my, I mean, my bills were quite a bit less during that time period, but it, it really like was kind of like a push of like, you know, if you don't want to have a day job, go, go make money, right? You know, go so, find, go find a way to make money. So that's when you started, uh, photos by Jacob. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Just it was, yeah, it was just, most, it was just photos mostly budget? photos back yeah, then, you know, for sure. That's what you were pushing. And mm-hmm. that was, that yeah. was the main thing. Um, and this was a question that I had later on, but since we were talking about Dallas, um, he had a birthday the other day, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dallas. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, man. Of he course. Stoked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. No, he's, uh, he's your first kid. So that's mm-hmm. a, that's a big deal. Um, also it's dope. That his name is Dallas. I just connected that. Yeah. To <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I but, won. Um, I picked, what, I picked both. <laughs> I picked both kids' names, so yeah. I won the I yes. won the I won the name lottery. <laughs> Love that. Um, but I was going to ask you, since we're on this topic of like kind of that transitional period, when you either like found out you're going to have a kid or like when he was here, 
did that put a lot of financial pressure on you to make sure that you were making, you know, X amount more to be able to cover the cost of having a kid? I would definitely say so because you feel you you do feel that pressure like pretty instantly of of like, okay, well, you know, I'm I am responsible for another human being right. and this human being is expensive you know yeah. like the the first i mean kids are expensive no matter what but like those that first little bit with like you know diapers and if you have to do formula formula and then baby food just everything that comes along with it like it's it's a lot of added financial planning that you have to do and yeah i just had kind of like pushed into it like and i had just really started trying to do it as like a job. Like I had just really started to be like, okay, like I'm going to book my own clients and like, this is how I'm going to make money is by doing photos and videos for people and just finding a way to make this work. And I was like, okay, well now, yeah, now that I'm a dad, like I have to, I have to do it. Like I, yeah. I have to do it for real. I got to dive in and I just got to put the pedal to the ground and for fucking sure. go for it, you know, cause I've got to, I, I have to make sure that I can provide for more than just me. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not enough to just make enough money to have my ends be met. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole house now. It's a total mindset shift. Really. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's almost like where before the only person you had to worry about was you. It's yeah. like now you have to worry about you plus, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, I, I could see, especially like being a creative person and where like your freelance is your business at this point when your son is here. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like that, you probably like cut out a bunch of stuff that you would do for fun just yeah. to make sure that you could make, you know, things happen. Yeah, that's, that's a huge, a huge point. Like to, yeah, just being a business owner and then having a kid mm -hmm. at kind of a young age, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely gnarly. Things got, I mean, things got definitely extra interesting after my second kid was born, you know, because you just lose even, you know, your time, you, yeah. you know? And then I thought, I'm not like complaining about that, but right, right. you know, but like, you know, and that's- Your that's, life changes. Yeah, yeah your, life, your life just changes and your time gets, you know, smaller and smaller because it just needs to go to more people now, you know? And one of the things that like has been so tough and something that's still been trying to like find the best way to navigate all the time is just being, you know, being able to, to, to actively be able to freelance as a full-time job while also having kids, you know, because that one of the things that makes people good at freelancing is their time. And yeah. the fact that, you know, you can call up someone and say hey i had this idea of this thing that i want to shoot tomorrow at this time and they can say yeah let's do it the you know yeah. i'm just like yo give me a like month and a half heads up you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know and especially since um you know since i co-parent with my kid's mother and you know we live in two separate houses and everything like we've got to work around both schedules and yeah. i still but i and i still have to relentlessly chase what i'm doing constantly like i can't ever take my foot off the gas. Like I have to just like dive in constantly, but also be like, okay, but I also have to dive in like in the right hours. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's a crazy like line to walk. It's, yeah, I'm sure that you had to say no to a lot of things as well. Oh, just yeah. based off of like how packed you were. Yeah. And I, I try really hard not to, like I, I try really hard to make everything work. And I've made some ridiculous shit work. Like I've, I've split shoots up into a couple days that I was available, like based around what times I could or couldn't get a babysitter. I've brought my kids with me to like a couple wow. like shorter shoots, you know, and just like brought the Nintendo switch and just like, <laughs> let them <clears throat> like, let them have at it, you know? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, I've definitely had to turn stuff down, and it's, it's always tough when that happens because, you know, you want the experience or you want to, to be a part of like something that you're really highly in, you know, interested in doing. Yeah. And you're saying, like, oh, sorry, just, I just don't have the time, or my the heads up wasn't quite enough. Or, exactly, that's there's a just, big thing. Yeah. There's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah, sometimes for sure, man. It's like your whole life was your family, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it tomorrow at twelve yeah, in right? the afternoon. <laughs> and when people, and sometimes when people ask me like last minute for that stuff, I'm just like, do you not fucking know like who I am? Like, do you not like you know? <laughs> that you can't do that you know but and i always have to like so yeah this is for anybody of you that does that shit to me like i always have to you know give like a Politely, really yeah. like the polite reply of just like oh you know sorry next time if you give me a little bit more of a heads up like totally but in the back of my head i'm just like you dumb fucking idiot like <laughs> you thought i was gonna say yes to this yeah well because like you know like I, I live with my girlfriend and yeah. she has two kids as well so i have stepkids yeah we have a big family and we all live yeah. together you know and so we're just our, our schedule is very full of children and yeah. it's awesome it's amazing i wouldn't change a single thing about it but trying to find time to also relentlessly chase a dream and to keep the moment like not allow the momentum to stop is like it's tough it's for sure be tiring sometimes you know yes man so that's uh you got four kids in the house then four kids in the house they're all they're all wonderful they're great but i love it talk about a fucking handful (laughs) (laughs) i love it dude hey well i mean you made it work in that time and um you were focused mainly on photo so then from that point how long did you go like working that full time before you kind of got back into like a workforce type of environment like where you because you you kind of went back to like day job kind of stuff i I bounced yeah I bounced around a couple different times. There was yeah. a point in like, like late 2015 to like somewhere in 2016 that I was like waiting tables for a while. Like okay. I, I waited tables for a bit, but I was still like shooting every single night. Like I was nice. literally leaving work and going to meet up with whoever I was doing something for. And just like, yeah. I was exhausting myself shooting <laughs> like every weekend um, at the time. Like I was, I worked, you know, I was working seven days a week for just months and months at a time. And then I, uh, wait, like I waited tables at another place for like a couple months after my daughter was born in like late 2016, just cause I wanted to have like a little bit of extra, extra income. Coming, yeah. And then in 2017 is when I went back to like just working for myself again for a while. And I did it for like a, f- a couple years at that point. Like I, I just worked for myself and that's when I started really like to, cause t- early 2017 is when I got my first like label project. Um, and so that's oh, like from a record label, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, got my yeah. first like label video. Yeah. And so, um, that, that was kind of a point of just like, okay, like I, you know, this is something I'd really like to push for. <clears throat> and then I didn't, I didn't get another day job until like 2019 after that probably. But even then it was, it was at a marketing agency doing their video. So it was, it was something that I was actually doing video work for, yeah. you know, and then for sure I did that up until, I mean, I've, I've been doing the same thing for a different company since like 2020, but yeah, for sure. But it allowed you to at least have like some stability while still chasing the dream yes. for lack yeah. of a better term. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've, yes. To, to answer your original question, sorry, I'm pinging around. A no, whole lot. Sure. Uh, no, that's it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I have bounced back and forth a couple of times. So that's, it's usually been like the, the longest time that I went doing it like on its own was probably like 2017 to 2019 
before I started doing like marketing work as well. So when you came back to it in 2017, then was that uh, when you were really honed in on the video stuff more so than the photo? Yes. Is, I, is I, that why yeah. you went full, full fledged on that? I, I had just been doing much more music videos by that point. Yeah. Um, by like, by the end of 2016, like I wasn't really getting hired to do photos for much anymore. It was just all video stuff. And I was starting to shoot a lot more music videos. And I was oh, just yeah. like, I'm just... I enjoy this part of it a lot more, you know, like I enjoy the editing of this stuff a lot more. I enjoy the whole process a lot more. Yeah. And then 2017, just like kind of started off with a bang with like just getting projects like back to back to back. And like I said, that's when I got, that was when I got my first like record label music video. And then everything kind of started just growing that year, like 2017, like a lot of stuff kind of started growing over time and I started making a lot more connections so yeah. it's, that was the year that I was really like, all right, I'm going to fucking jump in big yeah. time, you know? Dude, I, I'm sure like when you first started getting those like label project type deal, like big time, like budget stuff mm-hmm. where it was like, yes, almost like confirmation that like, yes, this is working. I'm doing this full time. Yeah. That's huge, bro. That's another turning point. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's... There's there's still been a couple of them, you know, and like I mean, because the first the first label project that I got was for uh, for Dead Rabbits for Craig's other band aside okay. from Escape the Fate, and I just we had I mean, and it's so funny because I've worked I've worked with them like and we're friends, you know, and I've worked with them specifically so many times now, you know, and they're all just like good dudes that I'm just friends with, and when we shoot stuff, it's just like four or five dudes hanging out yeah. that happened to also be making a video, you know, but like that very, very first one, like I just, I felt like the stakes were so high and I was <laughs> yeah. so fucking nervous, you know? Cause like I had, I had met Craig a couple times just from him being from Arizona, but like it was, it was my first project of a band that was on a record label and of, of, of a person who was a well-known person yeah. in the music scene, you know? And I just remember showing up and just being, I was just, it was just like, oh man, like I have to be on my shit today. Like I've got to fucking kill this. For sure. Almost a somewhat of like an imposter syndrome. Like, oh yeah. Damn. Like I'm actually doing this. I <laughs> big, don't know. <laughs> big time. And there's still been a couple, like there's been a couple of videos here and there that I've done over the last, you know, however many years that I've still kind of had that kick in a little bit like when I'm about to start and I'm just like shit am I really fucking doing this right now like <laughs> yeah I'm a little like a little geeked you know and just feeling <laughs> yeah. just feeling like real nervous even though I'm just like I'm like like I've got this because they like me you know <laughs> right <laughs> the hell is wrong with me right and it's so funny because by that point you had shot so many things yeah <laughs> so <it's> right like, <laughs> you were like well like, what's another one you know yeah, exactly um, so on that note, uh, you know, you talk about Escape the Fate. I know you even recently have done a few videos for mm-hmm. them as well. Um, other than that first one that you're talking about, were there any other notable like big time music videos that you felt like were, um, I don't know, the biggest ones of your career? Some of the bigger ones, definitely. Um, I mean, working with Escape the Fate, like we did uh, this last March, the video that we did for Low that just i mean the the plays blew up so quickly you know it was the first thing they had released in a little bit and it was a a little bit heavier than the last couple things they had released and like i mean that video happened on a whim you know i i got the phone call about doing it probably not even a week oh you know before the shoot like you know their manager called me and was just like hey uh we want to do a video 
here's the location. It was in Vegas. Nice. They're like, it's in Vegas. Uh, it's got to be done this day. You'd come and meet up with the band on, you know, Friday, ride with them on the bus, come back the next day, you know, shoot for 12 hours or whatever. And, um, yeah, on like a five day notice <laughs> basically. Um, so that one, that one was like, that was one that felt really big, you know? And, and again, even though I guess I'm friends with all those guys and like, I've worked with Craig so many times and Eric, their bass player is someone I've known for a really long time, but it's still like being there, like in another state, like directing like a video for them yeah. and, you know, and, and thinking like, you know, to me, these are like my homies and this is really, really exciting. But then like remembering that it actually is a really big deal. Cause like if I was like taking a picture and like putting it on my story, like the amount of people that are just like, holy shit, are you fucking serious? Yeah, you know? And I'm yeah. just like, oh yeah. Like I know that these guys are my friends, but they are also still a big band, you <laughs> yeah, know? That's it. Yeah. Um, so that one definitely, uh, even the same thing with like a couple of the dropout Kings videos, you oh, know? Yeah. Cause yeah. like I, I started working with them when they were still like really on their come up, you know, when they were still really pushing off quite a bit. And then like a couple of years ago when we did the Hey, uh, video, um, just seeing how much that popped off and the responses that it got and watching people's YouTube channels react to them. And like yeah. people that of bands that I listen to that are reacting to it being like, this fucking video is sick. I'm just like, okay, like I I'm doing something kind of cool here, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the one that I probably freaked out the most about was when I shot the videos for slaves when Johnny Craig was still in the band. Cause that was just not something that I expected. You know, he was just like, wh whatever, <clears throat> whatever your opinion or whatever anybody's opinion on him is like, doesn't really fucking matter. But like, just, he was a staple point yeah. of that type of music scene. Like everybody fucking knew who he was from some band that he had been in. And you know, loved his, most people just loved his voice. Like every, everybody knew who he was. And so I remember getting the call about doing those videos and I was just like, uh, like, are you fucking sure? Like, <laughs> like is there nobody else? Like, yeah, is there, is there nobody else that's like more qualified for like this? Like the fourth person you hit um, up? <laughs> but seeing that, like when I, the first of the two videos, we did two videos and the, the first of the videos for the song called The Pact, I remember the day that that released and like seeing that video come out and just seeing the overwhelming responses that people were posting watching my entire facebook feed flood yeah. with everybody that i knew reposting this like you know just because they were, had released a new album you know and everybody was really excited and i just was like wow like that was a big fucking deal like yeah. I, that was i feel really fucking good about it now just felt kind of you know when i got the f initial phone call it was just kind of like oh, you're fucking nervous me? <laughs> yeah. yeah um so you're like a part of those things and a part of those yeah. records and especially like with that that escape the fate low where that was like a resurgence of them and how it mm -hmm. blew up like you're part of that story, yeah. which is crazy <laughs> right? to, to think about just like that's, that's humbling man it's like uh, even though they your homies it's like you're part of their history in a way and yeah they have a whole fan base that they've built up over years and years and years so it's like that's cool to be yeah. a part of productions like that bro i know just yeah the, the way that everything the way that everything connects to each other just is so it's just it's crazy it's bananas yeah but, man it's a small like the creatives are feel like such a small yeah. like circle mm -hmm. like, and we when, all run in the same yeah, circle when you realize how many people n that you know that know these people as well like it's just yeah 
go, going back and forth in, in any part of the industry at all, like within the music realm or like the video realm or whatever, just everybody fucking knows everybody or yeah. or you're you know the within the one person one away. person away you know it's <laughs> yeah. just like someone's just like oh i heard about this person blah blah blah. it's just like oh i have this friend that knows them from this so i can probably get a hold of their fucking mother-in-law you know whatever yeah, it's like dude you're <laughs> it's right insane. you're so right man and i tell a lot of my friends this um because i've i've uh I've got comments like to me in person about like how like are you getting all these guests like all these like so many different people that you know and I tell people I'm like dude you're like one person away from like anyone that you want mm-hmm. to know you're like one person away yeah so, like literally, literally anybody connections literally anybody you could <laughs> yeah. you could name off pretty much oh I mean within reason like we're talking <laughs> within reason obviously you know yes, like, yes, you yes, literally yes. name off everybody or like yeah. anybody within reason and within a very finite amount of time could probably find a way to like get connected with that person. Yeah. At least in like the United States, yes. you know, yeah. like within the States, like any yeah. person, no matter like what level they're at to, I feel like those are things where sometimes people almost put them on like a, like they're on a different planet, yeah. but it's just like these, these dudes are probably like, two phone calls away right? yeah, exactly. from you talking to them. Like I've seen it happen. Like I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it happen. I've, yeah. I've been like, I've been the person sometimes. It's just like, oh, I've got that dude's phone number. Yeah. So, for wait, sure. what? I'm just like, yeah, I just fucking randomly have this person's phone number from this one random interaction at this function or this show or yeah. this, fu- you know? Exactly, <laughs> dude. Insane. And I mean, and this isn't like uh, entertainment industry, but um, even just like in the world, uh, the cannabis industry is mm-hmm. kind of in that same realm where like everyone's pretty connected and uh, you know marcus obviously yeah yeah he's been in the cannabis industry for a long time works with a company called sauce now mm-hmm. and he's killing it for them and um i recently had a guest on who have you ever heard of dab cap so dab cap it's a silicone attachment that you put on like glass bongs and you can put your uh, uh pens in like a I don't, I don't want to call them disposables because that's what they call them now, but uh, almost it's like cartridges and mm-hmm. yeah, just pens, like vapes. Yeah. That's the word. Jesus Christ. <laughs> couldn't fucking find that. <laughs> but like uh, your vapes, like you could basically hit your uh, your weed vapes through bongs. And okay. so it just like makes for a larger hit, more like because you're going through water, it's just like nice and clean and feels like nice. And mm-hmm. so it's a whole, it's a big business that's been around since like 2018. But anyways, I had him on because I had uh, I had connected with him when I worked in the industry, and um, I had mentioned to him that I'm homies with Marcus, who like is part of Sauce, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I've been trying to connect with Sauce because uh, they're a California company." He's yeah. like, "I've been talking to someone in California, trying to like get them collaboration dab caps for the longest, and it's just been I don't know, like communications just like always like so I don't know, it's it's not very strong or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's only been a couple interactions." And I was like, dude, like, I know the Arizona regional manager yeah. for Sauce. Like, here's his phone number type shit. Like, and I, I, uh, I talked to Marcus when we shot uh, another On Marscus episode, mm-hmm. the one that I think is going to drop right before this one. Um, but uh, so we were shooting that, and I asked him. I was like, dude, I just had an interview yesterday with like the owner of Dab Cap, and like. He's uh, saying he's trying to get up with sauce. Like, is it cool if I give you or give him your number? And he's like, dude, fuck yeah. Like, da 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 da. So it's like that, that right there is just like two big ass companies being able to now do a collaboration yeah. because I connected them. Because Marcus is your homie. You yeah. Know? And like, Marcus <laughs> is my homie and Dylan's my homie. So it's just like being able to like be that one person to, yeah. to that point where it's just like you being the connector. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, there's so many people around you that can be that one guy that knows one guy that knows. 
fucking anyone. Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, yeah. Dude, you're right. It's insane. Dude, I love that, though. Oh, me too. Uh, so uh, in video, you've kind of, you know, taken it super far in the music videos realm. You've done a lot of stuff in that world. Have you ever thought about getting into more of the uh, film production side, like for short films or feature films or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I would absolutely love to do that. And I'm that's that's something that I'm kind of making a push for this year to try and figure out the the best way to kind of start navigating that space a little bit just because I've, I've always wanted to do shorts like I've, I've I think short films are incredibly creative and I think that you can do so much in such a short amount of that's why I like music videos so much is because you can tell a very complex story in a very short limited amount of time right short films are really no different for sure. Um, so that's I, that's something I really, really want to do. It's just uh, again, just finding finding the time, you know, with yeah. the with all the kids and stuff like that. But I know that if it's something that I want to do, that I need to actually start like putting the energy toward it, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I've I've had a couple conversations uh, recently with a couple of my buddies that do actually work on like film sets and stuff. And uh, my girlfriend grew up with a guy um, who it works on a lot of film sets and stuff like that who actually, you know, it likes some of my work as well Ooh. and who I've like talked to a whole bunch. And so he said that he would be willing to like have me start coming out and like learning some of that stuff. Cause it's just, it's just a little bit different of a ball game. Yeah. You know, there's different, there's different rules. <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, running a music video set, like, and there's rules, but like, it's, it's my fucking house, you know, <laughs> I, can do yeah. what I want to totally, but you know, working on a, a film set with multiple people who all have very specific roles, just like, and kind of got to, do things a little bit differently but that's that's something that i really want to do like this year because you know i i love what i do i really do i love directing music videos um it's something that i could see myself doing for a long time if it continues to scale you know but at the same time also like you know be cool to direct something bigger you know for sure always find a way to level up you know i'll be that's it yeah i'll be 40 in less than two years i'm just kind of like kind of finding the next the next next step up you yeah know? for and sure so i think i want to kind of i do think i want to kind of start diving more into that realm a little bit too and just kind of pushing that envelope as far as i can get it hell yeah man i mean you're already technically skilled to be able to produce level or that work at that level mm -hmm. so it's more so just about you know getting those nuances about the uh just the like you said, like the rules of the game yeah. <laughs> and kind of just doing it really. Uh, would you take more of the role of like, um, like assistant director, director, um, you know, kind of director of photography, like that type of stuff? Or would you also want to be like writing and, you know, working with people and writing different things or kind of what do you, what do you, uh, what do you see yourself as? That's, t you know, that's really, really tough because one one and one thing that and i think that anybody that has ever been like a director that has worked on like a one man or like a skeleton crew really has like kind of had the same issue with this just when you've when you've kind of had to do everything on your own for so long it's really difficult to learn how to give up some of those responsibilities you mm -hmm. know and that's it's it's really really tough and that's something that i struggle with a lot because I love like shoot act. I love DOP work. You know, I love doing director photography type stuff, but I also really like directing that <laughs> I've done it all 
simultaneously for so many years where I get to direct, but I also get to be physically holding the camera and being in charge of the shots, knowing that it's going to look exactly how I shoot, <laughs> exactly. how exactly how I want it to look. And then I'm yeah. going to edit it the way that I want it edited <laughs> yeah. and the way that I want it colored Yeah, for and, sure. And, and learning how to delegate those tasks and like be okay with someone else having those roles is something that, um, I, I definitely like struggle with a little bit. So I, I get really, really torn between whether I want to, you know, whether I would want to focus more on directing or whether I'd want to focus more on director photography work. Cause I don't think I could ever like put a camera down, you know, but I also really like directing a whole lot. And so I'm just like, eh, I'll just, maybe I'll just be one of those directors that also shoots everything. <laughs> yeah. I'll just do yeah. both. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I feel like it's, it's probably about like finding that balance of like, you know, wanting to do everything, being able to do everything, but then putting people in positions that you trust and yeah. that you've worked with before that, mm -hmm. you know, are going to kill it yeah. and just kind of, because then you can also level with them and they can be on the same page as you and you can trust that they're going to execute it the way yeah. you guys discuss, yes. not <laughs> in their own creative world or whatever. And, and honestly, it could be a thing where their creative ideas can collaborate with your creative mm -hmm. ideas and it can be a lot more of like a fruitful type of deal. Oh, yeah. And you guys can both feel good about it. And I think that's kind of probably like in the um, like feature film, short film, that world where you need multiple crew members mm -hmm. um, to a certain degree. Um, I think that collaboration, you know, you guys are already working together in the past and that type of stuff, rather than just like hiring randomly people to yeah. be your director of photography and then you direct it and then you don't like the way it turns out. It's like, fuck, I should have just shot yeah. it. <laughs> I should, I, yeah, I should have just done this myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been it's been nice making, you know, there like like you said at the very, very beginning, you know, there, there are so many unbelievably talented people in Arizona within any industry, you know, entertainment type industry. Like there's so many talented musicians and producers and a lot of really other incredible filmmakers. And I'm really glad that I have become friends with so many of them, you know, because I do, that is like, I mean, it's, it's tight friendships <clears throat> and then it's just you guys, you know, creating resources for each other, you know, like when you, when you're able to work together, you know, or even if you don't work together and just sharing you know sharing yeah. the resource pool with each other you for know sure. and so I, i've definitely like you know got a couple really really good people that i could definitely know that i can hire tap in yeah. to, to bring in for anything that i know will do it exactly how it needs to be done you know without a problem so that is I am very grateful for that. For <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, man. I'm grateful for how many talented people live here, for sure. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of like thinking about like Ethan too, how he's kind of getting into mm -hmm. that that film production space as well. Like maybe that's a collaboration where you guys can work together on a potential short film or you know that type oh, of yeah. stuff. And if dude, like that would be a good duo to oh, have yeah. on on set. Yeah, he uh, <clears throat> he and I actually talked about that not that long ago. I would I would love to do that. If I could ever get him to stop fucking fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, now he's into fly fishing. Now it's on a whole nother level, dude. dude. It's, it's just like so, way out it's there, so dude. Funny. I love I love him so much. I, I just I remember when he first started getting into fishing and you'd go over to his house. He used to live right down the street from me. We yeah. his house was like a mile at most from my house and he just you know had his all of his poles up on display and just every you know he was always just going out and that's when he was really starting to like crush it at wedding photography you know he was just starting to really like take off yeah and so he was just like i don't need to spend money on anything else like <laughs> just, just here's a new pole i think he like that's when he had a boat for a while yeah. <laughs> and it was just like 
it just completely just took over his entire personality. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's no, so Ethan, I, I would love to to work with Ethan. Um, I think that doing some actual film work with him, especially like if I could get him to like be in charge of lighting, like if I got him yeah. to do like all the gaff work and stuff like that, like I think that he could really fucking add a pretty deep level of shit to some of the stuff i'd like to shoot for sure dude and i yeah i mean just based off the conversation that we uh that we had on this pod um when he was on he was talking about how like that's something that excites him and because Mm -hmm. it's not like a world that he's lived in for very long it's almost like a like almost uh like conquering a new skill yeah like still in the same world that he lives in but it's still like something that he's never really done before, but to have that experience and go on set with that one guy mm-hmm. that he was talking about, like he was excited about it. So I, I think that would definitely be something in this year, probably that could yeah. potentially happen. If you guys came across a good idea, or if like if you wrote something or even collaborated with someone on the writing and then took it to Ethan to kind of workshop how it's going to be shot yeah. and then just, just did it. Cause yeah, I mean, short film's like five to twenty minutes. So it's oh, yeah. like, it's not really that long. Yeah, I'm just it's that's like I was one thinking, two I was, shoot days. Yep, I was just like, oh, let's keep it in the you know four to five minute range. Like yeah. I wouldn't mind doing some of the writing. I, I like coming up with like concepts and ideas. I just because uh, I have to do it when I write treatments for music videos right. all the time, you know. Um, and I like coming up with really creative stories. I'm just very bad at writing them in like a super logistical thought out shot list type of way i write them like someone that's got debilitating adhd that is just like taking notes like a doctor on a fucking sketch pad you know like that's how i write things out too i write it how it sounds in my brain at the time and i'll just like pull out my notepad on my phone and i'll I'll just like i'll just brain dump it all and then like when i send it as an example to someone i'm just like god i sound like such an idiot but like here it makes perfect sense yeah, so i'm just like yeah. so i'll have to collaborate on the writing with someone <laughs> and get someone to actually like lay it out in a way yeah. that everybody else can understand it and not just me yeah dude <laughs> but coming up with concepts and stuff and like loose leaf writing and stuff is definitely something i enjoy doing yeah man and i mean short films can be so powerful in such a short amount of time too and they don't even need dialogue mm-hmm. and that's the biggest thing too about short films where it's more so that. about like how it's shot what the story is and um like music and mm-hmm. stuff like that and almost like the like post-production stuff too yeah so most definitely it's like little things like that. i like i watched this one short film and i want to say like won some some type of award but it was basically um it was beautifully colored and it was shot on fx3 that's what it was so okay. i was like kind of going down a wormhole of like short films shot on fx3 okay um which always looks so beautiful if you're using the right glass too and Mm -hmm. sony's just amazing uh, especially in like low light type settings so it was like a nighttime shoot gas station type of thing wide shot dude comes in on his bike puts his bike down on the side of the the gas station Mm -hmm. goes into the gas station buys something or whatever um and just like the way that they like did like how they focused on the uh, like the drink that he was putting on the counter or whatever, and then he puts it right into focus. Like mm-hmm. those little shots like that yeah. that are just like, like just so beautiful and so crystal, like sharp and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes basically he goes out of the shop and then he goes to grab his bike and the bike was stolen. Within like you know him being in the store for a minute, right? So it just like kind of talks about how like um, like I don't know like that. 
it, it's almost like it was like a weird thing. Like dude was like so nice and was like nice to the person inside and stuff like that. And it's just like had a cool like little interaction, but then like goes out and his fucking bike got stolen. Yeah. And then it was just like almost like it kind of like ended after that. Just kind of like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like mm. <laughs> where'd my fucking bike go? But I thought that was like, I don't know. It was like, it was kind of powerful and it was like, it, it probably could be interpreted like more. There's probably like deeper meanings to it mm. and stuff like that. But just the way that it was shot, the way that it was colored, yeah. that was the biggest thing that I noticed. Mm. That was just fucking beautiful. Looked like a fucking film. I was, it, it was just like, when I saw that, I was like, dude, we like, my friends could do this. Yeah, you could do that, right? <laughs> For well, sure. that's, that's, that is, that alone right there is one of the reasons that I think that short films are so cool and very much like music videos in the sense that you can break rules so much more. Like you said, there doesn't have to be dialogue. It's not long enough to necessitate certain things that like other movies need to carry plot points, you know, like you can make it entirely about everything or nothing, you know, like it doesn't have to, it can be one shot. It can be one wide angle shot. And then all the action happens. And if it's done right, it's effective. You know, like you said, like people can usually go like people feel a little bit more liberated to go like crazy on color grades and start and and do really like stylized color grades. Like they really they make a lot more stylized choices in short films, Yeah, <clears throat> it seems, because they're just like, oh, well, you know, just the whole movie doesn't have to look like this. It's just three minutes it just exactly. that we can just put together like these shots that we think look great together or like all have some sort of like artistic value, you know, and just like, there's, there's not, there's just not rules the same way. And I'm just like, I think that's fucking great. I used to love my girlfriend. And I would just sit there and fucking YouTube short videos or like yes. horror shorts, you know? Uh, yeah. That's and just have one. nights where we would just sit there and watch little short videos. You know, there's a, there's a season uh, or there's a show on Amazon called altered. Okay. And it's just comprised of a bunch of short, short clips. Like oh, wow. each, each episode is like an hour long, but it's broken into like five or six short films and each episode follows a specific topic. So like episode one is uh, like zombie apocalypse. So each short film is a different take on something from the zombie apocalypse and they're all 100% different from each other. Like just they're, they're not related at all. The shots, the styles aren't the same. And so it's just really cool to see you know, what six different directors do with the same theme. Yeah. And in like a little three to five minute span, you know, I love that concept for a show, dude. It's so cool. That's so sweet. Yeah. I, I want to go check it out. I mean, I, uh, I haven't really been one to watch a lot of like horror films, but Mm -hmm. I, I like the idea of like independent shorts and stuff like that. And I think that would be, that's such a cool concept. I, it's really cool. <laughs> one time talked to one of my homies that's a photographer and I kind of um, came up with this idea. It's, it's kind of similar in in concept wise, but uh, how photographers can take the same subject in the same space and shoot it completely different mm-hmm. um, depending on their creative choices. Right. And I had this idea for basically like throwing an event where there's like maybe like five different scenes set up with certain oh, okay. subjects mm-hmm. and just having photographers like come through and basically take their version of that photo and everything's all lit the same so the only thing that they can change really is either like camera settings or lenses yeah so it's just kind of like that kind of shit and they could do film or digital whatever they want and then just basically have people like judge them Mm -hmm. and then uh, that would be kind of like a cool uh, I think that would be kind of a cool thing to see 
all these different photographers takes on the same exact subject in the same space with the same lighting yeah. and have them be completely different. Yeah. That's, I think that I, I love stuff like that. I really yeah. do. I, I think that ideas like that are so much fun and so creative because it's really cool to see the difference in everybody's styles, you know, and yeah. to see the similarities, like you can obviously like see similarities in people's styles, but like watching like, just even like all like all my friends, all my other friends that are photographers or directors, you know, like watch watching their styles develop and like trying to figure out how they do certain things and being like, oh shit, that was really cool, you know, fucking chase everything he does. I'm just like, oh god damn it, like <laughs> that's such a cool idea. <laughs> that first, I remember that uh, the this modern video where they're like the house is on fire at the oh, end. Oh yeah, it, yeah, you know? yeah. I remember when when that video came out, it was just like God damn all right <laughs> you yeah, know there's just, sure. there was just a lot of really creative stuff in it you know and yeah. but, but seeing everybody's creative styles like flex in their work you know and seeing how different it all is and like what inspires those different styles you know like what what artists they really really look up to that inspire those styles so much like i don't know that stuff is fucking fascinating it is know? man it's it's almost like because creatives always pull influence from something and everyone's influences are different mm -hmm. it's almost like um just there's always going to be a different take because not everyone is the same and just like how everyone's thoughts are different like everyone's like the way that they portray their own craft is going to be different like yeah. people are going to make music different people are going to shoot photos different shoot videos different and I, I love that about creative media mm -hmm. because that's that's what really like you can create your own voice yeah. in a way in all these different fields based off of how you do how you do your edits, how you do your shooting, how you, you know, what gear you use and all that stuff. And there's just so many ways that you can make it like artistic. And that's what I love about all this stuff, man. Yeah, I think I think it's it's phenomenal. And you're right. There's and and the the one of the best things about that to me too is just that it means that everybody can do it like there's not you know yeah. there's not like a limited supply <laughs> like every every everybody there's room for everybody you know yeah. there's room because that's that's another big issue that so many like creative people seem to have is that you know that thought that you like have to be in competition with everybody around you you know every yeah. every everybody that's a creative has like felt that at some point you know whether you've gotten through it or not but like everybody has felt that at some point that like everybody around you is your competition or have felt what it feels like to have someone trying to directly compete with you or something like that you know but when you yeah. when you take a step back and look at like what you were just saying with just how different everybody's work is and how nobody's styles are the exact same and everybody's inspirations are different and their fucking outputs are completely different. It's just like, there's just, there's so much room for like collaboration rather yeah. than competition, you know, for because sure. everybody and like one, once you learn how to collaborate with other people, like shit can change a lot. You know, like you can make big changes from learning to, work well with other people and building like I said just building building friendships but also building your resource pool you know it's like yeah. <clears throat> if you spend all you know if i were to spend three years doing this like being super standoffish and not being willing to work with anybody else or being like no like i have to i have to be the best person at this in phoenix and so therefore i'm not gonna you know i don't want to work with any of the other directors i don't want to have any of these other guys come and help me because like I got to stand off and be me, you know, and I got to, <clears throat> I got to do this shit on my own and, you know, but it's right. like, what happens when I do need help? <laughs> you know, exactly. it's like, you know, I've, I've never 
built any bridges, you know, if I, if I haven't burned any in the process, I certainly haven't like built any either, you know? So it's just learn, learning to collaborate with other people, other artists, other people that you respect and to realize that like there's room for all of it and that sure. there's room for everybody and that your friends are not your fucking competition. It's just, yeah. it's a big deal, you know? For sure. And I, I think that's a very important part that you put in there um, just because it's, that comes down to like pride and stuff like yeah. that. So a lot of people are too prideful or almost like envious to the point where they put up the walls because they like, they see them as competition or some people, yeah. like, you know? And I, I think it's, once you start collaborating, that's the difference between being like a solo entrepreneur and then building a team that you can delegate tasks and starting a real full-fledged business absolutely so and that's kind of like what you've done too over the over your time and being able to build your business up from being the, the guy that does everything and does like you know you're you're trying to you have to find people and stuff like that but then now it's to a point where you can work with other people on their sets they can work with you on your sets and you know that you guys are all talented you know yeah. like working with nick working chase working ethan yeah. like all these guys and that's trade off community you trade off we we all help each other out you know, especially like, and this is the, I mean, this is something that, you know, musicians could take fucking big, you know, <laughs> heaps from if they wanted yeah. to as well. But just the idea, like playing, like playing to your strengths, you know, yeah. and if you have people that are within your friend group or within your community, within your community that do what you do that like are better at something than you are, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. They've just like they've just leaned into that being one of their skill sets more than you have, and there's nothing wrong. Like like you shouldn't have to suck up your pride to come ask them to work on something with you just because you know that they're better at that than you. Like that's not that shouldn't have to be a big deal. Like that's just an objective observation. You know that someone spent more time on this specific thing, getting better at it than you did at this part of this craft, and like. You know, but there's a lot of people that won't hire someone else to come work with it because they don't want to fucking put their pride aside. Yeah, you know, they don't want to feel like you're better than me. You're so. better than me. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, okay, but like that's that's all like, yeah, I mean, and be better than is a completely subjective term anyways. You know, yeah. it's just every, like I said, play to your strengths. If, you know, that's that's the importance of working together because when you have people that are good at other things than you are and you put it all together, you can get a lot more done. And yeah. You can, you can your final product will be a lot more fucking meaningful, you know? Yeah. Damn, dude. 100%. And it's almost like collaboration is key in in uh, creative arts. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, yo, I uh, I love that. And it's, anybody can relate to that. Any creative people watching this, this is fucking keys to the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> so as we close out here, man, um, there's only a couple more things that I wanted to talk about. Um, so this one will be pretty quick. The, uh, the gear thing, Canon, black magic, Sony, oh, uh, <laughs> red, all of them. Uh, I guess, uh, first off, like you've switched off so many times, way too many, <laughs> way too many, but through all of your, um, different gear, would you still say that it's always the person behind the camera versus the gear itself? Or what's your take on that? Yeah, most definitely. I know that sounds like a super cliche answer, but it's it's the truth. It's the person using it. Obvi obviously, gear is a tool. And yes, there are certain tools that are better than other tools. You know, like, you know, there's 
there's a difference between a $2,500 lens and a $100 lens. It looks different, you know, like that there just, there is a very, very obvious yeah. difference, but that does not mean that someone can't make a hundred dollar lens look good if they use the right lighting, you know, yeah. just like this, this person is going to have something that looks good straight out the gate with very minimal effort while this person may just have to put a little bit of effort into a different place to make something look a little bit better via via something else you know like i said like changing lighting or adding something else you know it's just they are just tools and even though some tools are better than other ones it's the the people that use them and how creative you're willing to get with something and just learning how to use your camera, you yeah. know, like if you know how to use your camera, if you know the ins and outs of your camera, then, you know, I'm sure that there's probably someone out there that still has, you know, a Canon 5D Mark II that shoots, you know, 1080p, <laughs> you know, or whatever <laughs> that could probably still blow me away, yeah, you know, sure. just because they know their shit and they know how to frame things and they know how to tell a story with their imagery and they know how to light and they know, you know, so yeah, it's gear. I'm not going to like, I would never say like gear doesn't matter. Cause that's just not, that's just not, not true. true. You yeah, know, like sure. uh, you, there, there are still limitations that certain gear has that other gear does not, you know, yeah. obviously that's kind of a indisputable, but at the same time for the most part, yeah, it's, it's definitely much more about the person using it. Yeah. And the reason why you kind of kept evolving and just because you were trying to find what worked best for you or what you wanted to see or what was, yeah. Cause you, you yeah. went from Canon to black magic, right? And then, to, oh man, I'm, <laughs> yeah, trying, I'm trying to think of how many times <laughs> I switched. Cause yeah, I, like I started on Canon. I've had, I had a couple different Canon cameras when I started out. Um, I did. I had one of the original Black Magic pockets. Yeah, like one of the OG, the skinny ones, like the yeah. yeah, the little guys. I had one of those, and then I got a Sony. I got the original A7S when the yeah, A7S oh, yep. first came out. I found an open box deal one at Best Buy and saved like thirteen hundred dollars or something oh, like that. I bought it for eleven hundred. Damn, I bought that camera for eleven hundred dollars because when it was out too, yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, the A7S II hadn't come out yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, so I, that was the first time I switched to Sony and then I bought the a seven S two. Um, and then I switched to Fuji for a little bit. I shot on Fuji for a couple of years just cause I liked the colors quite a bit. And then I switched back to black magic. Um, and I still, lo I love black magic. I yeah. love the, the, the pocket 4k was the last one that I had. And I, I loved that camera. It just was not very practical for like any sort of like gimbal, anything like handheld. It was great. That handheld rig was like one of my favorite handheld rigs that I've ever used. But when I started like, depending on what type of work I was doing, if I had to do anything with a gimbal or anything that like, you know, cause there's no autofocus on it. And so anything that required like focus tracking, I was just like, this camera's not, yeah, not keeping up for this. And so <laughs> yeah. I went back to Sony again. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, all right, I think I'm, and that's where you're at now. Yeah, that's where yeah. I'm at. I think that's probably that's probably where I'll stay for a while. Yeah, Sony, especially in their cinema line, like they've really put a lot of time and effort into that yes, to make that have. shit is so good. It's like you can shoot movies on the shit now. I know, it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, I uh, yeah, Sony till death, till death, dude. <laughs> yeah, Sony till death. Even if I have to clean the sensor every fucking five minutes. <laughs> so the last question that I had here as we wrap up, man, I know. Um, you recently, I don't know how recent, but you went sober of alcohol. And I kind of want to talk about how that has affected your life, both professionally and mentally. Yeah. Um, and what, when, when did that happen first off? When um, did you go sober? It's been 
about two, so two and a half years. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so a while, still recent in the grand scheme of right. how long I was not sober for. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But long, long enough to where it's like a fucking thing. Yeah. You know, so yeah, about two and a half years ago. Okay. And when, when did that, like, what clicked for you that was like, okay, I gotta be, I gotta be done. <sighs> okay. Let's see. It's, it's just tough. Um, I just, um, I just, I, I realized how much it was affecting my life, you know, because I had been like, I, I was a very heavy drinker for years, you know, and it was something that I really kind of refused to look at, you know, and I, I know the reason I refused to really look at it as hard as I needed to is because it, at the time it wasn't preventing me from like, like I've still always had a job. I still worked my ass off, you know, even when I was doing video stuff full time, I was still, I was still working my ass off. Like it never affected my ability to like parent or anything like that. Or so I thought, you know, like it just, it, I was a functioning, you know, it was, yeah. the, it was functioning the, the, alcoholic the, the as funct- they say, functioning as, as, yeah, very much as they say. And, um, at the point before I decided to, to quit for good, like my body had really been letting me know that I just wasn't feeling great. You know, like I just, like I said, I know I told you when we first came in, like, I mean, I drank every day, every single day yeah, and like not small amounts necessarily, you know? Um, and so my, just every, everything in my body had really been hurting for just a while. And I was just starting to feel a lot worse and really like myself a lot less. And my depression was just bad. You know, I was still not very long into like being a single dad and like trying to kind of navigate how to do all that, you know? And I remember <clears throat> it was just, it was one weekend that, uh, you know, I would, you know, obviously like drink like after like after my kids would go to bed or whatever you know and i don't fucking recommend that i'm not i'm you know i'm not trying to make the excuse and be like oh at least you know i, I didn't really drink around my kids because yeah. i didn't like it was always like you know they would go to bed and i would usually like sit on my couch and like drink while i was like watching tv and stuff and that's highly irresponsible and i don't fucking support that shit at yeah, all anymore sure. by the way you know for anybody that wants to try and fucking come at me for anything <laughs> um and you know i just uh I had one night and you know, stayed up late drinking, woke up the next day and I just felt awful when my whole body just hurt so unbelievably bad. And I just, I felt like I was dying. Like I literally just, I felt like my fucking heart was going to jump out of my chest. My head was spinning. Like I, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't like see straight, you know, I was just like, I was just like, man, like I've really, I've really taken this shit like a little further than I ever intended to, you know? And, um, I remember that day I had promised my kids that I would take them somewhere because we had had a really fun weekend. We had like gone and we had gone to a couple places that weekend and we had had a lot of fun, but I promised them that that day that I would like take them to the park or like take them somewhere specific. And I just like, I couldn't move, you know, I was just, I, I felt so sick and I just remember like how disappointed they were, you know? And in that moment I was just like, I cannot, fucking do this shit anymore i was just like this is this is the point now that i've realized that it is affecting every one of the other aspects of my life and this is the most important one that it's affecting in a negative way you know it's like i am now not able to like do something that i promised my kids that i would do because i just feel like shit from how much i drink constantly you know and after that i was just like fuck this shit it's not worth it. You know, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm done for good. And wow. I don't want to fucking, I don't ever want to touch it again. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was just like, I gotta, I have to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that type of dad 
you know, I have too many people that I know and too many close friends that have had those types of stories about their parents growing up, you know, and the stories that they, they learn to laugh about and they learn, you know, oh, I used to have to, you know, my dad used to pass out on the couch. And blah, yeah, blah, blah. Right, right. And I just, I, I, in that moment, you know, I just, I realized that I was not as far away from that being a reality for me as I thought I was. You know, I didn't, I didn't think that that was any path that I could go or go down, but I, I, I realized that I was a little bit closer to that than I thought I was. And yeah. I just said, fuck this. Like I'm, I'm done. My kids, my life, like I want to be alive, you know, all that, that the shit doesn't matter as much as this does. And the yeah. only thing that matters to me is taking care of my kids, you know, yeah, and this sure. is, this is impeding that. So I can't do it anymore absolutely man so and just never looked back (laughs) to be in a position where you feel like you have control and then realize when the rug gets pulled that you don't have control of it that's that's huge man i'm sure that took a lot out of you emotionally that day when you wanted to be there for them in that way that you had promised but physically couldn't did you go cold turkey after that ever since that day is that yeah dude Man, amazing. Dude. <laughs> I just said, I'm so I'm so happy to see that. And I'm you, sure your life has changed only for the better yes. ever since that. Like relationship with your kids, with your girl, with yourself. My, yeah. Physically. Every, everything. everything. Every single aspect of my life, work wise, that's the best thing I've ever done for myself career wise. You yeah, know, and right. and I highly like um, you know, not not that I like need to be preachy about like other people getting sober or anything like that, because I know that there are, you know, obviously people can handle drinking alcohol without being addicts. You know, I just (laughs) happen to be an addict. Um, But I, you know, that's something that I definitely like talk to a lot of my friends very, very openly about, because I know that substance abuse is something that a lot of creative people struggle with. I know that it is something that consumes a lot of our time because a lot of us are either like neurodivergent and have like severe ADHD and people with ADHD are more highly susceptible to being addicts for trying to fucking shut all the shit up going on in your brain, you know? And um, I mean, drinking to fucking deal with anxiety, imposter syndrome, you know, just like creative people really just like seem, I, I just, I know a lot of creative people that have struggled with substance abuse problems just because your brain operates in a very different way, you know? And something that I'm, always talk to my friends very, very openly about. And I'm just like, Hey, just like, be careful, you know, like genuinely be careful and giving like a genuine, like, this is how much better my work life has gotten since I made this choice, you know, like, because I'm able to actually work now because I'm actually able to like be motivated, you know, for sure. Almost come from a place of like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm just telling you what I did, what I did (laughs) and how far it got for me before I realized that it was a problem. Yeah. And it's like that, and I, it's so, because I feel like over the last few years, it's been like almost like a wave of people going sober, mm-hmm. especially like uh, even in like the Hollywood world or whatever, yeah. like celebrities and people of influence that go sober publicly. Most definitely. And, um, and I think it's a really important thing for people to kind of look at themselves and be mm-hmm. like, is this a problem? Is this affecting me? Absolutely. Is this like mentally, physically with my relationship with others? Like, and I think that goes for any substances for sure. Like if it's affecting you negatively, then it might be time to kind of assess the problem. Exactly. Just evaluate your relationship with whatever your, and, and and one of the things for sure is that like, if you, 
if you joke about having a drinking problem, like if that's one of like the, or like a problem with substance abuse, you know, people are just like, oh, it's fine. I just like drink too much. Like, yeah, then you have a fucking problem. Yeah. And you need to evaluate it, you yeah. know? And I will, like, I am kind of to the point in my life now where I'm just like, I kind of call that out now as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, Only sure. because like, I know what I fucking went through. Yeah. And I know how fucking hard it was for me to, to make that decision and to stick through with it. You know, that first little bit of time there, like really getting into that, like it fucking shit's not easy, you know? And I have a lot of friends that have been addicted far worse and have been addicted to far worse things that have told me their stories. You know, I've gotten to talk with a lot of people about what their experience getting sober was like, you know, and it's just, so when I, when I see it apparent, like in other people, you know, it's not like a, I'm better than you. Therefore I'm calling you out. It's a, I want to fucking save your life because exactly. I know that like, if I had continued going down that road, I would not be alive anymore. You know, like I just, I wouldn't. Yeah. And like, I'm just trying to fucking help you because I want you to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to see other people go through this shit because it fucking sucks. Yeah. You know? it's, it's always coming from a place of love. Really. Yeah. And the love of life. Yeah. <laughs> like really. You like, just have to do it with an angry tone sometimes, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad. I can't, I'm a, I can't, I'm a, the fucking dad voice just like has to come out, you know, I can't do anything about it. Dude. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you made that decision for your life. I'm Thank sure you, that man. you've, of course, man, I'm sure that you've made a lot of big strides and you recently left your day job again to pursue this stuff full time. Here so we go. Exciting. 2024. Let's fucking go. Dude. I'm, I'm ready. Let's fucking go. Um, so uh you have jacobreynoldsmedia.com. Yes, sir. And you sell merchandise, right? I do. Yes. So I don't I don't have them on the website yet because it's the way that my store or the way that my site like runs sales is really wonky and I fucking hated it. So I just, I literally just have them at my house. I, nice. just, sell, I just sell them out of my house. So you can just, if you want one, you just buy it from me. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Hit them up directly. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you drive by in your car and I'll toss it out the door like a fucking pizza. <laughs> like a newspaper or yeah. something. <laughs> but so, I, do, I do have a bunch. I do have them like all like on my Instagram page. And, you know, I'm guessing that most people that know me that watch this probably already follow me on Instagram. So, I'm, yes. uh, you know, but yeah, I got a bunch of shirts and hats and just, yeah, I was trying to fucking. Yeah, get rid man. Of them. <laughs> and it's almost we got to just show love to the local people, man, too, because Chucky. From yeah, my Dropout buddy, Kings. my buddy Chucky. Yeah, Chucky Guzman. Yeah, well, he former dropout, former Kings. dropout king, but uh, former dropout king, <laughs> still, still a king, <laughs> still a king. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. But he designed these. He designed the hats. Yeah. So I, it's such cool, cool merch. Um, it's you know getting the word out there, Jacob Reynolds media um so go follow jacob online at jacob underscore mutiny m-u-t-i-n-y yes sir on instagram i'll put the handle right here um but uh but yeah man thank you for taking the time to do this Dude, i i am so thankful to be here thank you so much for having me out this was a lot of fun i'm really glad we got to catch up after five years of not seeing each other you know crazy it doesn't feel like we skipped a beat though i'll no. be honest yeah same man it's the best dude so yeah thank you again fellow martians please go follow jacob follow at on mars pod and we'll see you guys next time on mars love you peace Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in and watching this episode of the On Mars Pod and for sticking around to the end, man. I really appreciate you guys. You are the real Martians. Like this video, comment below what your favorite part was, what was most inspiring to you. Subscribe to the channel. 
hit that bell for notifications here on future interviews coming out soon. And also follow us on Instagram at OnMarsPod. Love you guys so much. We will see you next time on Mars.